Welcome to the Zenfulness Podcast. It's Jeremiah Schmidt here. This is episode 59. And once again, we're doing it with Keith, Mr. Keith Newman. Uh, he came over yesterday and we were just hanging out. And then we decided to record a sporadic podcast episode. So we were talking about some topics. And Keith, lately, he's been thinking a lot about identity. So he wanted to talk about that. And I titled this episode, Expanding Your Identity to Conquer Limitations. Because even though we talk about kind of changing your identity in this, I think it's more important to expand your identity. And I think that's what we kind of concluded at the end of this podcast. It's more so just expanding your identity so that way you can confront the challenges of the day. So let's dive into this podcast. Uh, There's a lot here. Keith goes, he literally goes off and he talks about anything from, you know, what the identity is to how to change it. He even dives into perspective at, and even at the end, like when you're faced at a, cross, at a crossroads between two paths, uh, it, it's pretty interesting, but he talks about how you can choose the path that will lead to, you know, negativity and you can choose the path that leads to positivity. And it just comes down to a matter of decision. And I thought that was really powerful at the end of this podcast. And I never really heard someone put it to words like that. So when I heard that, it was, it was pretty crazy. And just even seeing some of the changes that Keith's made in his life, um, it's some powerful stuff. So I hope you guys enjoy this episode once again with Keith Newman and let's hop into it. Welcome to the podcast. This one's going to be really good. We're sitting down with the one and the only Mr. Keith Newman. Uh, he's been on the show before and uh, he had the second episode, which was called, I think, Mindset Mastery. Oh, man. There's, yeah. there's been more than one, actually. Yeah, but that's probably the third. That first one. And episode. there is actually another Keith Newman. He's a, he's a professor at another <laughs> university. Oh, it's actually. Because he always, he's always, he's got all my handles online. Um, if you search my name, he comes up. Tons of pictures. He's given a ton of speeches and so have you out there. <laughs> have you reached out to him? No, no, man. What's I don't have anything to talk to him about. Well, like, don't you want to reach out to him? Group, and group, ask group chat with all the key <laughs> newbies in the world. Hey! Yeah. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> yeah. So, Jeremy. Honestly, I'm glad to be here, man. I appreciate the invite. Yeah, no worries. I love. Uh, it's always good doing a podcast with good old Keith. Yeah, I know. It's, it's funny for yeah. those of you who don't know, um, me and Jeremy have been uh, good friends, best friends since probably like five years old, uh, since we were little youths running around. Uh, it's funny, I still remember the very first time I met him. <laughs> uh, we were playing play, playing in the woods, and uh, Lord of the Rings had just came out, and um, I wanted to, to, to be Aragorn. We were all doing some like role playing. I wanted to be Aragorn because he was obviously the most badass. And, uh, <laughs> Jeremy told me he wanted to be Aragorn, and uh, I didn't like that. Um, he ended up being Legolas, so <laughs> that's kind of how that ended. But yeah, we've been connected for a very long time, and um, it's funny. We'll have these great long conversations on, on the phone, and then we'll mm-hmm. be like, oh shoot, kind of wish we recorded that one. But. Uh, Honestly, like I said, it's a pleasure being here. I always appreciate um, spending time with you, Jeremy, and I think that we always have some cool stuff to share, so I'm excited and looking forward to getting going here. Yeah, definitely. Let's definitely get into this. So we were talking before about what to kind of talk about in this episode, 
and uh, Keith had just spitballed an idea and it was, he wants to talk about identity, like deep level, like what it is, kind of deep level. Like, actually, I guess I'll just pass it over to you. Like, what is an identity? Yeah, well, you know what? It's, it's funny. Um, I've been really putting a large focus on this in my life. Um, you know, kind of focusing on what, what I identify with, you know, as a person. Um, we were actually here at Jeremy's new place, you know, downtown Calgary. Beautiful, beautiful new apartment building that this guy's in. I was thoroughly impressed and I was actually telling him about how this building and this uh, room and, and all the different things that he has in here, his kitchen, his bedroom, his bathroom, like all the, the state-of-the-art furniture, all the really nice things that are in here. I told him that it fits him and uh, you know he kind of agreed with me but what I meant by that is you know we all act within our identity um, so one thing I've been really putting a focus on is like okay how many different things do we identify with that we have locked in for our identity mm-hmm. right um, some some ideas of that are maybe how you look right um, if, if, I don't know if this has ever happened to any of you, but if you technically, like if you don't have the clothes or maybe your child style changes, um, you know, maybe some of your favorite clothes got ripped or whatever it looks like, maybe you ruined a bunch of your clothes in the wash, whatever it looks like. If you don't feel like your clothes represent how you feel, you feel off, mm-hmm. right? Because your physical representation is just that it's a physical representation of your mental, right, of your identity, who you identify as, right? So if you don't think that you look how you feel, you're gonna feel off, right? Just the same way that if you identify with, you know, being physically fit, like I identify as an athlete, Mm. well then your actions, right, are gonna acclimate to your identity. So the reason that that this is such a big thing for me is because when I wanna change things in my life, I actually have been starting to change how I identify myself in these scenarios, right? So one thing that was always a big problem for me, I mean, I'm a clean freak. I wasn't always that way, Mm -hmm. Um, but I developed into that. That's something that was not intentional. It just kind of happened when I was a younger age, but it was something that I, you know, self-developed. That was one of my first parts of really self-developing from being messy to very, very clean. Actually, I did notice that. I I did notice that at some point that was maybe... Probably mid teens. Mid teens, yeah, I noticed that. Mid teens, probably 18, 17. But um, I always hated the dishes. I was like, oh, the dishes. Uh. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and as I got older, actually, about probably six months ago, you know, I was listening to some Tony Robbins. Actually, this would have been more than that. Probably about almost a year now, like I said. And uh, I was listening to Tony Robbins. He was talking about discipline and um, identity. And he said, that, you know, the strongest human need in human psychology is to act in alignment with who we think we are, like our identity. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've probably listened to this video countless times, 15, 20 times. I've listened to it twice this week. Um, you know, I, I don't necessarily need to. I just believe in the the idea of it. You know, so so going back to the to the dishes, I decided that I wanted to identify somebody who never left dishes in the, in the sink. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know if you guys you might have the same thing about dishes as me, but you know the plates are easy. This that and the other thing, but I hated doing the cutlery the most. And you know, I would make excuses, and the cutlery would always be the thing that I did last. Yeah. You know, and I'm not sure, I'm sure you're familiar with um, Brian Tracy, 
book about the frogs. I'm not, I haven't learned too much about it, but I understand the concept, right? Mm. And it's, uh, if you have a frog to eat, eat it in the morning. And if you have two frogs to eat, eat the bigger one first. Yeah. Right? And what that means is do the hard thing first. Like do the hard thing first. Do the thing you don't want to do first. Right? And it'll make it so much easier, right? I know from, from experience, for example, in sales, when I first got into sales, um, it's, it was very easy for me to get distracted doing the little things, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I was 21 years old, 20 years old, um, getting into finance, uh, leading firm. I'm sitting in my office, you know, get there at 9 o'clock. And by 11 o'clock, I hadn't done much. You know, but I'd done things that I thought were valuable, but I didn't do the one big thing that I needed to do, right? Checking my email, doing this, that, and the other thing. So going back to the dishes, I decided that I was just going to be a person. I was like, I'm going to do my dishes. I'll never go to sleep with dishes in the sink. And I'm going to be the person that does my dishes or does my cutlery first. So now when I'm doing my dishes, I, I get them all out of the way so I can get the, the cutlery. I, I, I push all the stuff that's easy and I get the cutlery. Mm-hmm. I do the hardest part of it first. And now it's like, I don't even think about it, right? Because I've changed my identity, right? So before I didn't identify with it, then, then now I do. So it's like, I don't even think about it. Yeah, um, I mean, and a lot of, sorry, that, that's also pretty interesting too because I think just how you uh, made the decision to change on how you wash dishes from doing the cutlery first to doing like plates second, I think that change alone changes other parts of your life. So maybe when you're in the gym and you're like, oh, I want to do this hard part first. I think it's all related. You know, it's nothing's disconnected. Mm-hmm. It's like if you can... Uh, it's representative. Yeah, yep. yeah it, it, it's all transitory. Like there's a good there's a good quote I like to live by. It's like, Greg, I think it was like, I heard it from Greg Litt, but he says if you, if you can... If you, or he said, if you do the small stuff good, then you'll do the big stuff good. It's, it pretty much means it translates over. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, totally. I agree. And um, yeah, so it, I just decided I was going to be somebody who, who did this. And uh, I feel that in society today, we have this whole thing against... Um, like there's the people who are against like the fake it till you make it. And uh, you know what I mean? Um, well, like, I just was, that whole idea, right? And I, and I think that that's I so flawed. I think I am against fake it until you make it. Well, guess what? Here, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to shatter your bubble here for a minute, okay? Mm-hmm. So if you wanted to become, like we talked about before, maybe a fit athlete, mm-hmm. before you ever even start to, before you even start to take the actions that are required to actually become the athlete that you want to be, mm-hmm. You have to decide. You have to decide that that's going to be your your identity shift. Yeah, but so that's you literally the have to. But think about it. Think about it from this, Jeremy. You actually have to decide to become the person before you can become it, right? So if you don't say that this is going to be part of my reality, like if you just half-heartedly decide to do something, mm-hmm. there's no strong connection to it, right? Like if you're like, I want to lose ten pounds, that's not that's not a strong, compelling reason. To, to start to lose weight, right? Mm-hmm. But if you're like, you know what? I want to be in the best shape of my life. You know what? I want to I be fit enough, you know, for my, in my case, I want it to be fit to, to play basketball. You know, I want to be able to look in my mirror and be, you know, impressed with myself. You know, I wanted to have fitness as a representation of my discipline, right? So, you know, rewind 
you know, three months ago where I, when I didn't even identify with that, mm. as opposed to now where I'm in literally the, the lowest weight in my, in my adult life. I've never fit, felt this fit. Right. Yeah, this guy has lost a lot of weight. Keith Newman has lost a lot of weight. But I think in terms of that, I don't think that's necessarily fake it until you make it. I think you started with where you were at and you just slowly progressed. Yeah, yeah. Well, you have to start with where you're at. But the thing is, is it starts with a a decision to change your identity. Mm -hmm. Just like how I decided. Like, it has to start with the identity shift. It has to start with the decision. Because if you don't decide... You won't even get started, right? Mm-hmm. Um, what's his name? Uh, Earl Nightingale. He talked about what's the difference between a rich man and a poor man. The rich man decided to get rich. Well, like, well yeah. <laughs> right? Like you have to make the decision. You have to change. Like you, like before you can become the Michael Phelps, you have to decide that you're going to mm-hmm. undertake the process of becoming the Michael Phelps, right? Or becoming the whatever it is in your league. Maybe it's not even that. Maybe it's just become the best version of yourself in this space or whatever capacity, right? Mm-hmm. Like it literally has to start with you choosing to, to start choosing to take the action, right? Because, you know, especially in this, in the Tony Robbins video that I'm citing, um, he would talk about like, okay, have you ever said, okay, I'm going to make this change. And then it didn't, it, it didn't come through, mm-hmm. right? It's because you you have to follow up with this identity with, with rituals and standards and habits, right? You know, in whatever order, however, whatever descriptors you want to use, that's what it comes down to is the discipline, like the things you're doing every day, right? But in order to do those things every day, those come from a sense of identity, right? Because if you don't identify with it, then it's a task. But if you, if it's part of your identity, then you'll find a way no matter what, no matter how much time you have in the day, you know, no matter what's in your way, you're going to act within your identity and who you identify yourself as, right? Mm-hmm. So the, the, build, the, the blockage with, with a lot of people is, is they actually haven't even realized where they have built an identity, like in different spaces. Like, oh my God, okay, maybe, you know, how long have you said that you were not good at talking to people? Oh, I'm not social, right? Mm-hmm. But the thing is, is there's plenty of people who weren't social that became social. Right? That's not that's not actual that's not an actual trait. That's just something that you're choosing to own as your as part of your identity. But if you go out and learn and start being social, then you'll cease to not be social anymore. Mm-hmm. Right? Because these are just these are just blockages. Like the difference between you now and you being the doing the things that you thought weren't possible literally have to start with you deciding that this is actually a possibility and that maybe I'm owning something as part of my identity that I need to literally put down, right? Like a lot of like, this is, this is, this was monumental for me when I realized that when somebody says something to me, it's actually not a representation of me. It's a representation of them, which you've probably heard before. But the thing is, actually, that's pretty is, deep. Is I've really break that down. Like that, yeah. that is pretty deep. But I've realized now that I actually don't have to even own that. Wait, so what? Like what I do you even mean own it as my own. So imagine that somebody comes up to me and says, you know, you are whatever, you're an asshole, you're, you, you know, you're not good at this. Yeah. And I'm like, you know, okay, I can look for some truth in this, you know, or, and, and you can still do both, right? You can look for maybe where there might be some truth if you're offended, but if you're not offended and you know that's not the truth, then you don't have to own that as your reality, mm-hmm. right? Somebody says something to you, well, you can either choose to be like, oh, this person's opinion, I'm going to own that as if it was my 100% truth or... You can be just like, 
you know, there might be some truth in that, there might not be, but either way, you know, if you choose not to, you don't have to own that as yours. Mm-hmm. Like if somebody says something to you, you don't have to own it, just put it down. Yeah. Put it down. When somebody's, you know, yelling at you, screaming at you, you know, it's easy for me to deflect and literally be unimpacted by it if I'm just like, literally, this isn't even for me. Like, I'm just like, like, this isn't even for me. Yeah. Like, dude, this is like people's words and expressions and what they're saying is 99% of the time more of a reflection of them than it is you. Right? So it's just like people might say things to you or you know what? You might even have self-doubts, right? You might have something that's coming up in your own mind. But if that's not serving you, right? Like, for example, um, myself. Um, recently had a lot of fear moving forward with, with an entrepreneurial venture, with a business opportunity. Um, and I had had no, um, no worries about it at all until somebody else had said something. So being trying to be realistic, I looked for some truth in it. But what it actually did it was, it was it allowed fear to seep into my own, to my own view of it, right? Mm. But what I've learned over time is immediately what I did was, oh, but I'm at, but realistically, this is like, I've looked at it analytically enough. I don't actually have to own this fear. I don't have to own it as actual. Like I can just put it down. I don't identify with this fear anymore. I don't identify with this fear that's happening right now. Mm-hmm. And I'm just gonna put it down as if it's not mine. It's not mine, put it down. I don't have to hold it. It just leave, walk away from it. So, so I guess I have a good question for you, Keith. Because uh, no, this is pretty, this is interesting. But how does someone work on their identity? Like, how have you worked on your identity uh, to kind of change it and navigate it towards to just growth? Like, are you like really fixated on the future in terms of like my identity has to become this, or are you kind mm. of more free minded and just willing to let it grow to whatever it is? Um, I think it's well. I'll start with the first part of your question. You're asking if some how would somebody would do that themselves, mm-hmm. or I guess um, how is, how have you worked on your identity? Well, how well I'll do it from the perspective of somebody else. So, if if you wanted to start changing your identity, um, the first thing you have to realize is that you're actually able to change your identity, right? You know, I'm, I'm I know we all know somebody in our life who's <laughs> maybe 60, 70 years old, very stuck in their ways. And when you ask, when you say, tell them something, they'll shoot down the idea right away as if it wasn't even a possibility. Mm-hmm. Right? Like I remember um, speaking with one of my friends and I was talking about an opportunity and I was like, dude, you like, you can do that, but that's not for me. Mm-hmm. And I was like, there's an identity block here. Like some part of his identity for himself, he doesn't believe that this is an opportunity for him. Right? But realistically, there's no actual barrier other than his self-imposed barrier. That's it, right? So if, I would, if somebody wanted to start changing their identity, they would have to realize that their identity, almost every part of their identity is changeable and moldable, right? And then from there, uh, it takes discipline, um, installing habits and rituals, um, but, but that comes after, right? So you decide, and then you just find the places in your life where you want to change how you identify, mm-hmm. right? So your subconscious mind is taking in this information, right? So you, you make this decision, you follow it up with actions, but you, then you have to make the decision again and then follow it up with habits, right? Because you're gonna, have, you're gonna go through the cycle and if, if you ever have wavering ideas or doubts about you know, having this identity change, 
you're going to have to follow it up with the things that make it happen. So it, it's almost like a cycle. You identify with it, you take the action. You have doubt, you re-identify with it. Like this is the thing. Like for me right now, one thing that's happening for me is like, okay, you know, I'm German ethnicity. I've always been intrigued with Germany. I want to visit there. So I told myself I'm somebody who, who, who is like knows the German language, not just is learning it, right? We want to speak in current tense as if it had already happened because we're creating our identity for the now, even if we're not all the way there. Like, I don't know how to speak German, but I'm telling myself I am somebody who speaks German, right? That's what I say. A lot of the times, that's how I'll frame it. I am somebody who cleans my cutlery first. I am somebody who speaks German. I am somebody who engages and has the highest energy in all social interactions. I am somebody who works hard and gets stuff done. Like whatever it is, I identify as somebody who is athletically in shape and, and fit, and I, am so, I identify as somebody who goes to the gym five times a week. Oh, okay, so actually now I kind of see what you mean, Keith. So essentially what you do is you kind of you kind of visualize the identity of who you are. Let's say I am someone who speaks German, and then once you kind of have that identity fixed, it just lets you go out and no, you know, no. learn German. It lets you do the pro the actions and take the actions. So you identify with kind of where you want to go first, and then you take the actions second. Exactly, and it's like if I if I don't believe myself, somebody who can and will and does know how to speak German, mm-hmm. I won't even take the first step. Yeah, and that's so true. Like, I think in a lot of ways, especially for me, like if you don't see a root or a possibility that man, the, yeah. the hope, yeah, the hope that this is like hope is actually so important. Like when you mm-hmm. really break it down, like if you don't see hope of like a brighter future or hope of like, wow, I can go do this or I can go, you know, uh, I can go start this business or I can go create this podcast or I can go and start YouTube videos or I can go like live this type of lifestyle then why would you even start or I can go become physically how will you start yeah how will you start and that's so interesting too because I remember at some point Keith like what what's really fascinating about you is like how you've really transformed your fitness like it's crazy like I've never seen you like this yeah and well I, let me pause you here because the fitness went fast Mm-hmm. But if I was to highlight the biggest thing well, I that took me the longest time to change. It was before, your identity. Well, no, it was, was waking up early. Wait, what? I worked, I worked so hard for two years mm-hmm. to wake up at 5 a.m. I knew it. this has been an emphasis. This is one of the first self-development or one of the earlier self-development things that I wanted to take advantage of that I learned about. I was like, oh, I see value in this. Getting up at 5 is, is something I want to do. But I've been the kid who, you know, played games until you know, 4 o'clock in the morning <laughs> since I was like a small child. I remember being in grade 3, being up at 3.45 in the morning playing Madden like 1996 on my Super Nintendo on my little, you know, nine inch screen and my mom coming in and being like, what the heck? And I've been doing that every night for three months yeah. with the school the next day, like grade three, like playing this like pixelated football game, right? Like I've been doing this stuff for a long time, right? So I always view myself as a night owl. Like my, my dad would tell me, oh, I'm a night owl. I can never get up early. Well, the thing is, is like we're, we're an animal just the same as any other animal. I mean, mm-hmm. if you look at like a deer, they all wake up at the same time. We Humans naturally have a time that we're actually meant to wake up, and it's about 4.30 in the morning, 5 o'clock, right? Which is, you know, I saw benefits to that. I was like, okay, well, this is something I want to take advantage of. I remember calling my friend Kevin, Kevin Padillo, and this would be 
probably a year after I'd already decided. And, and I would have some success. Like I would wake up at five, you know, two, three, four days, three days in a row and it would be gone. Yeah. Right? Like yeah. I worked hard, hard on this. Like I would be very disappointed. I was very disappointed for a long time not being able to get up early. I could never install this habit to be consistent, like a true habit. And I remember calling Kevin, who's somebody who really um, inspired me with this, with this um, movement. And he's somebody who had been waking up early for a long time. And I remember asking him, dude, help me. Like, I don't know what to do. And he didn't, I mean, what's he going to tell me? Mm. Right? Because it was a self-imposed block. Um, you know, and there was a few things that helped me, like actual, you know, tools and habits that I installed to actually help me wake up early, right? You know, I downloaded a, an app called Alarmy, which will make you do like math questions or take a picture of a certain object or, you know, shake the phone enough to make the alarm go off, mm. right? So I have to do like 10 hard math questions before my alarm will turn off at five in the morning. Now I don't need that. But when I first started, I did, yeah. right? Um, installing good night habits was really important for me. Like these are just tools, right? But it all started when I changed my identity as you know, oh, I want to wake up at five to, I am somebody who identifies, like I identify as somebody who wakes up at 5 a.m. It got a lot easier after that because I was somebody who woke up at five, even if I wasn't waking up at five every day, I identified at it, mm -hmm. right? I decided, I decided because it started with a decision, right? Before I was just half-heartedly doing it, right? Taking like the action wasn't, I didn't have any solid reason to stick to it. Mm -hmm. It wasn't part of my identity. I didn't identify with it. So as soon as I was like, okay, I identify as somebody who wakes up at five in the morning, boom, it started happening. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I had to use the tools, right? I had to install the standard, right? Cause that's what that was. And then I had to in in install the discipline, right? But through these, these factors, it, it's just a cycle, right? And I still have to continually identify. Like I, for example, I was sick for two weeks. I wasn't making my five, but yeah, I was sleeping for 12 hours. <laughs> Right. So as soon as I'm getting like, I've just got better this week. Mm -hmm. I'm like, okay, I need to go back to my identity. I need to shift back. Who, what do I like? Who, what do I stand for? Who am I? Yeah. Or else, cause if you don't know your identity, you wouldn't know how to act. How are you going to act? You don't know who you are. Yeah. What are you supposed to do? Yeah. Like if you just wiped your identity right now, you wouldn't know what to do. So what would you do? Let's say this is theoretical. But if your memory just today just was vanished, let's say you had, you had gone to like, I don't know, what's like a memory loss thing and you just, yeah, sure. you, you just forgot completely who you were, 100%, how would you rebuild? Well, I mean, I wouldn't know how to rebuild because <laughs> I wouldn't have the things that, if I had the ideas, but without the actual... No, 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 you have language, so you, you have, like, you're still... You're still a smart guy and you have language. If you're, if you're saying like, I forgot like my identity, but still kept the, the things that I learned, um, what would I do? Um, I would craft who I wanted to be, right? And I think that comes a little bit through experimentation. Um, no, but this is pretty interesting to me because, so why, why do you do that? Why, um, so like literally- Because I mean, what, what, what are we here for, right? I think that humans, you know, in some capacity are just here to grow and to become better versions of ourselves, right? Mm -hmm. um, and it's also kind of a pursuit of happiness. Um, Wait, so let's... You know, figuring out what I identify with, like something, you know, somebody who, you know, enjoys basketball. That's something that I identify with and I find joy in it. Mm -hmm. And the more I can, I can find actions that align with my identity, right, where, where it, is, it is accurate, 
I, I find benefit, I find happiness from that, right? So, you know, it's, it's definitely a pursuit of finding more of myself and also creating more of myself, right? Because mm-hmm. I have my past, you know, and I also have the, you know, the, the, the brain, the way it's been, it's been built for, for myself. That, that provides some of it, but there's also new experiences, right? New friends and testing, experimenting, trying to do all these different things. See what's, you know, throw, throwing stuff, stuff at the wall and seeing what sticks, right? So that's, that's definitely, you know, it's a lifelong pursuit. I'll constantly be changing my identity, changing what I identify with, you know, changing what I identify as what's good for me, what's bad for me, right? You know, and, and I think that's a, you know, there's a lot of value in something like that. So I implore everyone who's listening, you know, definitely figure out those places that, that you identify with strongly, the positives that you can, you know, add on to, and maybe some parts of your identity that might not be serving you anymore, that, that can be replaced with something more beneficial for you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's so interesting, uh, Keith, because like there's a, there's a great quote that says that the world is change, but human life is opinion. So, and, and I guess what that means is like the world's always changing, like things are always moving, but essentially like your life, like people look at their life and they hold on to these opinions and it kind of shapes their reality. You know what I mean? So based off identity of who you think you are, you get a certain part of that world, if that makes sense. I, I guess that's the way I look at it, but it's like always been interesting to me because like realistically the world, there's so much going on. And it's, technically, there's seven billion, seven billion worlds, right? Because everyone sees the world differently. Differently, yeah. Every single person sees the world differently. And I, I always, I always view, you know, the individual as how you view the world through your world filter, right? Mm-hmm. But the thing is, we're constantly changing the filters that we view the world through, mm-hmm. right? So maybe you get new information. And, you know, maybe you, you could be led astray, you know, have a filter put over you that's foggy, that lets you see reality distorted, right? Or you could have a filter that makes things a lot clearer for you. And that could be just, that, that could be knowledge, right? That could be something you learn that just like pulls it from over your eyes and then you can actually see more of the reality that is, right? Mm-hmm. But I mean, realistically, I mean, the reality you only have you only own your reality right like like i said there's seven billion world, worlds out there everyone sees it a little differently right but there is a there is that, that truth there is you know there's the objective view of it but there's definitely you know some reality that, that has to be dealt with but like i said I mean, your identity which you identify with you're just trying to get it as clear as possible through experimentation and through commitment no, that's that's deep. <laughs> I don't know how to respond to that. <laughs> so wait, so what you mean? So there's seven billion realities. So you're saying that because there's seven billion people on Earth, they each see the world differently. The world different. So the world exists differently in their eyes. Oh, okay, and because of that, everyone is living in their own unique world. Mm-hmm. So well, that's, that's with information reaction. coming in and out of it. Yeah. That's changing and, and distorting how they see this this world like right like we can both see this table right yeah but you know so many different people will see different things in it yeah well that's the thing it's like do you see the glass half full or half empty exactly right it's 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 just a glass filled with water that's about halfway right i, I like some of those um what's it called uh it, it'll be like a like a almost like a riddle it's like from one perspective you'll see you know 
from one side you could see a nine, the other a six, you know what I mean? Like from your perspective. Yeah. Right? Uh, there's actually a very, it's an old quote, I don't really even want to attempt to, to, um, to quote it, but I'm, I'm going to attempt. So I forget what this is from. It's a very old story, but it was basically that, that there was this God and he uh, manifested this form of, of, of like a, almost like a scarecrow or something, right? So yeah. there was two farmer's fields. And uh, basically he made it so that half of his body was one color and half of his body was the other. Mm-hmm. And he went across in between the two farmers. So when the two farmers went back to the town and reported, you know, what they had seen, one said, oh, I saw this green character, you know, walk past. And the other said, no, I saw a white, white character walk past, mm-hmm. you know, and, and, and the God appeared in front of them and, you know, was basically like, I have deceived you both, but what you both saw was, was truth, but you saw different because you have your different reality, your different perspective on it. Oh, okay, literally looking okay. at it from a different angle. And, oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. You know what I read that in? Uh, that's probably, I don't know, the Tao hero, Seneca? Hero, hero with a thousand faces. So oh, my friend face. Jeremy here actually gave me uh, a very, very influential book on that. I by read, Joseph Campbell. I haven't read that book yet. I know. But, uh, thank you. So <laughs> wait, I'm well, quoting you a little bit about wait, the wait, book you gave wait, wait, so what's that book about? Uh, it's, it's a lot, man. So like, if you had to summarize it in terms of... I haven't finished it. Yeah. So what have you read from it so far? This is oh my goodness. Uh, probably a third in, about halfway in, probably. Um, I mean, he goes a lot into psychoanalysis and, you know, the representation of, of the subconscious and how it's been interpreted into mythology and how um, all this mythology has recurrent themes that are related back to the subconscious. So, <laughs> what the it's, 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 <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah like, like mythology is created through the subconscious, right? Oh, okay, cool. and, and psychoanalysis is the study of, of these and how, how, why they're recurring and what are these, the, the problems that are recurring and faced in the subconscious and in, in the human psyche. And, and, and yeah, it's, it's pretty interesting. Oh, it's, it's, yeah. it's cool, man. Maybe I'll, I'll have to I'll have to get it back to you as soon as possible. Oh no, I, I, I have the audio. That was a good. Oh, yeah. okay. That's a good gift. And you know, Jeremy's very thoughtful that way. But um, but yeah, honestly, I think uh, this was a good chat. Honestly, Jeremy. I don't even know what to say after that. Like, if there's anything you'd like I to conclude on? Well, like I can't really respond to that. Like, can I respond? <laughs> can I compute? I don't know. I'm just thinking about like, that. Circuits. Uh, like the that story of the scarecrow. And the two different perspectives, like that's that's crazy. (laughs) No, but when you think about it, it's true true, because everyone sees the world through their own unique lens. And um, you know, I think the interesting thing about this is like, why do you think like some person there could be let's say two different people, right, twins, and one person could see the world in a like completely negative, and one person could see the world completely positive. Mm -hmm. Like, and but they're both living in technically the same. Reality. Reality, right? The same household. Mm-hmm. What, what do you think is the difference there? I mean, it's, it's hard for me to say. I mean, I don't know how every situation is unique. But I mean, in general, if you were to ask me that, if we were talking to generals, generalities, I would probably say that it would have something to do with... Um, Settling, right? Um, I guess this is kind of not the, the best way to describe it, but I mean, 
Um, some people, when they're faced with adversity, like when you when you're faced with most extreme, the, the most extreme adversity, mm. it's almost like a a, a crossroads. Um, when you're faced with such extreme adversity, it's impossible to remain neutral. So, in in the face of adversity, people normally have to take a path, mm. right? So that normally looks like either the path of you know, going down the wrong path, the darker path, maybe the, the pessimistic path, um, the path that lacks hope, right? And then settling in there, right? So this person is, okay, you know, this is what happened to me, this is circumstance, this sucks, mm-hmm. you know, this is how it is, nothing's gonna change. And then they settle in that, right? And then from there, um, you know, momentum is powerful. You n- nothing is never at rest. You know, pendulum is always in motion. So you're either coming or going. So if you're getting worse, you're getting worse. If you're getting better, you're getting better, right? The momentum is there, you're never stationary. That's not, this is not how the, the, the rules of the universe work. So, so either you're gonna make this, you're gonna go down this bad path, which most people do. This is all based on what information they have, mm-hmm. right? But most people, even if they have a ton of information, will take the easier path of pessimism, right? Or, You'll take the path of, of self-development, of, of hope, of deciding that things can be changed and, and that, you know, there's at least something to look forward to. And then from there, then that opens the door to everything that is positive, right? That's how you start being reflective, self-analysis, like developing, you know, how you can change your identity, Right, because before, like long before you start learning these high-level keys, mm-hmm. you start just to, you just decide that you want better for yourself. Like way before, like literally, the very first step is realizing that I want better for myself. I want better. Mm-hmm. There's got to be something better than this, right? Either you go down the path of oh, yeah, or you go down like the path that you did that you're just pessimistic and you're like this is how it is, or you're like. There's got to be something better. There's got to be a way. And if you go that path, then you'll start finding the, the, the parts, the tools, the standards, the rituals, the habits that align with the identity of somebody who believes that there's probably, there's got to be something better. And then you'll start, then, then you're changing your identity. I guess that's a good place to leave it off, guys. <laughs> I want to thank you for uh, tuning into the podcast here with Keith Newman. Thank um, you for having me, Jeremy. I appreciate yeah, it. Yeah, no worries. I really do. That that was kind of all just uh, that was not scripted. None of none. We we didn't come in with any any talking notes. We just said we were going to talk about identity. But uh, I hope we guys left with you left you with some great ideas for you to leave with, for you to depart with. Um, I think one big the biggest idea I'd like for you guys to leave with is that your identity is something you can change. If there's something you don't like about yourself, go ahead and change it. If there's great things you love about yourself, double down on those. And um, just just go out there and make the difference that you know you can.